checked, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast, hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. I want to see how the world turns round. Let's go adventure in the deep blue sea. Home is with you wherever that may be. Home is with you wherever that may be. Hi there. Welcome to episode 355 of Find Your Food Voice. I am Julie Duffy Dillon. I am excited to welcome you to this very special episode where we are talking with Daisy Gillespie. I got to know Daisy in a really interesting way. Um, About a year and a half ago, my Instagram and Facebook accounts got hacked and I was left social media less. <laughs> and so I kind of wound over to TikTok and LinkedIn is where I found myself mostly on TikTok. Sorry, LinkedIn, you're just not my style. But anyway, that's where I found Daisy. And Daisy is someone who is a stylist, which I've never followed a stylist before. But as you'll get to know her, you will be excited too to hear about how she has woven in some concepts that are the values that you and I probably share about rejecting diets and being aware of systems of oppression that are influencing us and trying to reconnect to our authentic self. So I want to read Daisy's bio and also let you know a little bit about what we talk about in today's episode. So a little bit about Daisy. As a weight-inclusive anti-diet personal stylist, Daisy Gillespie helps her clients reject fashion rules and ideal standards of beauty imposed by the patriarchy, white supremacism, and capitalism so that they can uncover their authentic style. Through their work building a functional wardrobe, Daisy's clients make a mindset shift from thinking they need to wear what's flattering to unapologetically taking up space in the world. Sidebar, Daisy's substack is called Unflattering, and I fucking love that so much. All right, back to our bio. After a lifetime of jobs and high-stress careers that didn't suit her highly sensitive, introverted personality, Daisy started Mindful Closet in 2013 in an attempt to create a more emotionally sustainable lifestyle. Her work has been featured in Forbes and Real Simple, and she is a frequent podcast guest. She is married and has two boys, ages of five and nine. So Daisy is someone that, again, since I follow her, I knew a little bit about what she does, but very quickly what the two of us realized is that as you are repairing your relationship with food, you may also repair other areas of your life. And 
she sees the same thing with styling. So if you find some of the conversations that I have here with you about food to be really just too much right now to unpack, you may find shifting it over into some styling pieces may be a better place for you to start. So besides that, we also talk about um, helping with your changing body and changing style. Maybe if you feel like you're losing your sense of style, how to dress in the workplace, you know, holding on to these big, heavy things of, uh, I want to get ahead and be able to provide for my family, but I also don't want to be involved in like the patriarchy and white supremacy. How do we do all of that? Then we also talk about thrifting and kind of tips for trying on clothes. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Daisy. I um, also, if you do enjoy this interview, check out her work on TikTok and, and all her things that are available in the show notes. So we're going to get to my conversation with Daisy in just a few moments after this quick word from our sponsor. Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, Daisy. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk. I am too. And 
of course, before we push record, I was like, I'm so excited to finally meet you. Although I feel like I know you because I've been <laughs> following you on TikTok. <laughs> and before this, this conversation, I was trying to remember like, how did the, like, what were the breadcrumbs? Like, how did I right. connect with you? And I don't know if it was just like the beautiful algorithm or <laughs> if it, because I know you were on a Virginia Soul Smith's podcast. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's how I found you, <laughs> but whatever. Um, I was excited to find someone talking about clothes and styling that also threw in patriarchy mm -hmm. <laughs> and like using words like health at every size, which mm -hmm. um, I just hope that, you know, your um, combining of these things is a... Um, a signal that this is going to be happening in other industries that people are adopting. But um, to kind of get us started, tell me how you are different from mm -hmm. the typical stylist because of these adjectives that you that drew me to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I need to like start off by saying like the world of styling is shifting a little bit. Um, That's good. But I would say it is... Uh, pretty rare. Uh, my approach is pretty rare um, because, again, this typically uh, most stylists or personal stylists, as we call ourselves, or some people say image consultants, and I'm happy to tell you why I don't like that term. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, most of those people in that profession will kind of look at someone who's come to them as a client and they will look at them and look at the shape of their body and maybe look at their skin coloring and their hair color and say, okay, I have decided here's what you should wear. Um, and here's what you should wear according to, you know, X, Y, Z rules that have been put in place. Um, and they just, they just kind of accept that that is the standard by which everyone should be dressing themselves. And I, I just really uh, go in opposite direction from that. And I also question everything that those uh, other typical people in the profession would tell you. Like I, I just, I question all of it. So my approach, um, instead of starting with someone's body and how they look externally, I'm going to start with the interior. I'm going to start with what's your relationship to clothes been? Like what messages have you internalized? Uh, you know, how has your relationship with clothes affected your relationship with your body? And then my ultimate goal is to be a guide for people instead of me dictating. My my goal is to be a guide for my clients uh, into discovering what it is that they want to wear from an internal desire, not uh, from a place of conforming to external requirements. Hmm. What what is that process like for someone? Uh, mm. I, mean, I know people have their own experiences and stories, mm -hmm. but I have, I have a feeling that there's similar blocks that we all face as we're like oh, yeah. uncovering like, oh, wait, this is not something actually what I believe that I was told. Now, what is that process yeah. like? All the time. Um, so the first thing I do, um, which I, I, you know, I always find whenever I talk to uh, a dietitian or nutritionist in this uh, realm that you and I live in, um, that our processes are very similar. Yeah, I was thinking um, about too. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I send a long intake questionnaire. I really mm -hmm. get people thinking before we even meet uh, about some of these things in a different way. Um I do have uh, some exercises for them to do with Pinterest, uh, but the, we spend the first session, the entire first session, 
uncovering and resurfacing and naming all those messages they've been given. Mm -hmm. So again, we start without jumping into the present. Like we really want to kind of look at where those messages in their brain that tell them you can't wear that, like where did those come from? And, you know, and most people have never thought about that. Like they've never really, as again, I'm sure is similar in your work. It's like when you start to unpack where I got that belief from, um, a lot of stuff comes up. Yeah, that I have been thinking about that with what you're doing and what I do. It is very similar. Like there's lots of parallels to it. And I don't know, it's like not an accident. I don't think it's just a coincidence. I think there's something that we are experiencing and like, as guides, like I often mm-hmm. think of that too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think of myself almost as like a witness more than mm-hmm. I'm not this expert that knows what's best. Mm-hmm. I really am just here to witness what you're unpacking. Maybe a historian for you to kind of keep mm-hmm. track of any notes right, that we find right. along the way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the same thing. Like people often were like, I don't know where I heard this food rule or food story, and it can take time to get below the surface just because Mm -hmm. it's never been accessed before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would imagine that this is not something that's just an overnight, like one time thing that people meet with you. It's really like a process. Yeah. It's about, I mean, I prefer to work with people. uh, Well, I have two ways you can, uh, I have a group program and then I also do one-on-one work. And in the one-on-one work, I really prefer to work with people over about eight weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you know, and and I used to before the pandemic, everything shifted for me during the pandemic. But before the pandemic, I would do these very long sessions, you know, like two, three, four hours, because um, that was just the way I was used to working in person. Um, but I realized that without the time to process, it was too much to take in at once. Yes. So now I do like yes. one hour sessions, again, more like, you know, a nutritionist or, or someone or a therapist would do. And I do one hour sessions like, you know, every week or so, so that there is, and I send notes, like a kind of like summarizing what I heard from people. Mm-hmm. And they often find that really interesting as well. Um, yeah. And then they have the week to kind of process. And then, you know, the next time I see them, I'm always checking in like, so what else came up for you? Because there's always something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because once you start pecking in there and mm-hmm. uncovering things and exposing the lies, yeah, mm-hmm. more bubbles up. It just takes some time. Um, I thought about something else too, but it floated on my brain. So we'll have to yeah. go back to it. Okay. <laughs> uh, such is life. Um, yeah. Oh, I know what it is. See, that's how that happens. Yeah. The um, the thing with food that I've noticed, and I wonder if you've noticed this too, um, as people are starting to repair their relationship with food, it does start to trickle in other areas. Mm-hmm. So if you are seeing this with people's relationship with like how they get dressed and their style like are you noticing it going into other areas too like really relationships or food or anything like that yeah and I I think that's what I love so much about the work that I do is uh I see clothing as just an entry point Mm. into listening to yourself and your body oh that's so great yeah and so it's a good way to practice right because it's Mm so uh tangible uh I mean it's hard to tap into your, you know, like your somatic experience and stuff, but uh, clothing itself is so tangible, such a way to practice. Like you can put something on your body and literally say like, how does this make me feel? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I've had people leave jobs. I've had people, yeah, shift relationships. Like it really does. Once you start to listen to how your body feels in one area, it's hard to ignore how it feels in other areas. Yeah. Oh, that, see, that's something that I I hope, listener, you can keep in mind. If food feels just 
inaccessible. Like it just feels too hard to touch. You can go into other areas. And and of course, like body experiences probably are in the same, like equally hard, but I would imagine there's things with styling that may feel more accessible, like accessories or I don't know, a scarf, something to kind of get, get started. But um, I kind of want to go back for a second um, because I'm curious um, how, like what made you even combine like anti-diet work and the patriarchal like belief systems into Mm -hmm. this styling business that you have? Yeah. Well, I, so I was definitely raised as a, you know, the, the way that we thought a feminist kid was, would be raised, you know, in the, I grew up in the eighties, um, which was basically only very surface level in the sense of like, girls can do whatever boys can do. Like that was what it was, you know, it was like, I'm as good as a boy. Um, and so I always, you know, I kind of went into life with that perspective, maybe to challenge some things that like, oh, women are told things that to do things that men don't have to do or, or whatever. Um, I love clothes and fashion. And I would say most of my early adulthood, like I didn't really question anything. I was really uh, focused on looking as hot as possible, if I'm being honest. I love um, that honesty. <laughs> yeah. And then... So I started doing this work after like a big career shift, which I mentioned to you, like when we, before we started recording, I was a classical musician for a long time, um, but got really burnt out and I was, you know, trying to transition into something else. And so I started just doing this styling work and helping people clean out their closets. And uh, I was really approaching it when I first began from a minimalist point of view, I was very um concerned and still am that, you know, we overconsume and Mm -hmm. especially with clothes, we buy a lot of clothes without giving much thought to how they will be used. And, you know, that women are having a hard time getting dressed because they have too many choices in their closet. And I still believe that's all true. But what happened was woman after woman after woman that I worked with could not let go of clothes or could not buy new clothes because of how they felt about their bodies. Um, and I just couldn't ignore it. You know what I mean? Like I, and I was obviously not going to be one of those stylists who was like, oh yeah, well, why don't you get on an exercise plan and then you can oh, go to these clothes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just wasn't uh, willing to buy into that um, and enable that. So I just basically started doing my own research and and found intuitive eating and health in every size. And again, just realized like, yeah, like we are never going to, uh, feel comfortable in our clothes unless we can begin the journey. You know, I don't think it's ever a journey that's going to end, but until we can like begin that journey of working towards body acceptance or neutrality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gosh, that is again, another parallel to like anyone in the health field that experiences this kind of awakening and, and how you even said, like there was just this foundation that kept you like like just made you aware of something that wasn't right and you just couldn't like mm-hmm. gloss over it mm-hmm. or join in mm-hmm. and yeah just to, you know repeat what I said before I just hope this is a sign that other professions are going to include this and yeah. I'm so excited because I think that's how we change big cultural assumptions and uh, oppressive systems so yeah. we are on our way yes fingers <laughs> crossed um, well, there are two people that help me out with this podcast. Um, 
uh, listeners know Rachel Popic is our anti-diet chef. And she also, um, hey, Rachel, who's listening now before anyone else, because she also <laughs> helps me with um, producing this podcast. And then Colleen Brebner is our hype woman extraordinaire. She does like culture IRL segments. And they both had questions for you. Um, yeah. And so Rachel is um, someone who is said she is experiencing kind of a... Um, like losing her sense of style because she said she's going through a period where her body is going through changes. And no matter why a person, no matter like the reason, a lot of people listening to the show will also be going through body changes. There's lots of people who are rejecting diets for the first time um, or recovering from an eating disorder or both. Um, or like, I don't know if you just are privileged to get older, bodies change. That's like the only constant, right? Um, but what Rachel said is, she's been relying on hand-me-downs, which has been fabulous to like help her to be able to like clothe herself. But she's also like, I feel like I'm losing my sense of style. Um, So when I, when she told me this question, I was like, this is hard. I don't know. (laughs) So Daisy, (laughs) do you have any, like anything that comes to mind for you to like what, any recommendations or like, do you see this often with your work that you do? Uh, yeah, I see it all the time and I have many, many, many ideas. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's dig in. Um, (laughs) um, yes, I would say this is one of the major issues that I work with. I mean, I literally just had a call yesterday with a new client who, you know, her body has changed after many life, you know, as you said, just like Mm -hmm. our bodies change throughout life. That is the only constant. And, um, and she just really felt uh, not herself. And mm-hmm. she really didn't even know where to start. You know, she, she has n- almost no clothes to wear because mm-hmm. her clothes don't fit anymore. Um, and so, so yeah. So for Rachel, I, I have so many suggestions for her. And I would say the, the thing to start with is a little bit of this, uh, awareness that we've been talking about, like a little bit of unpacking, like where do her, her ideas come from about clothes? And then also, I would suggest trying to get back in touch with what her aesthetic style is without worrying about the actual clothes yet. And what I mean by that is is essentially gathering inspiration. So it can be, I use Pinterest as a tool. It can be on uh, Instagram or TikTok, but starting to save things that she comes across that she likes the look of without, and this is the important part, without letting those thoughts come in that usually... uh, you usually censor yourself with, mm. for instance, like I love, like you see an image, you're like, oh, I love that outfit. That's so cool. That's so cute. Whatever your like little spark of enthusiasm is, usually the voice comes in to shut that down, right? Which says you couldn't wear that, you know, your body wouldn't look good in that. Or even, you know, you couldn't afford that or you have nowhere to wear that. Like whatever those voices are that come in to try to go with that first instinct of enthusiasm and then move on, like shut the other parts out, save that image. What will happen is you will end up with a collection of images or videos or wherever, you know, you're getting your inspiration. And then you can kind of go back and check and see like, what's, what, what do these have in common? They always will have something in common, even if you think you have no style, or if you think your style is all over the place. Like once you do that, you will always see kind of I hate using this because it feels like a pun, but I don't mean it that way. You will see the common threads throughout, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> your board. Um, and and one thing too, as as far as that we're kind of reflecting part is, I really find a lot of people really identify with what their 
inner child wanted to wear, whether Mm. they got, whether they were able to wear that or not, tap back into like, what did I want to wear as a little kid? And, And was I allowed to, or was, was I put in something I didn't like, or was I uncomfortable in whatever it was that, you know, my parents uh, or people who were in charge of me, you know, kind of put on mm-hmm. my body. Because often when we're that little, we don't have, we can't go out and buy our own clothes. We we can't mm-hmm. necessarily choose. So, mm-hmm. um, so those are a few places to start. Second, when I saw this, you sent me this question in advance and when you said that she's relying on hand-me-downs, um, I kind of cringed a little bit because it's it's certainly sustainable and it's certainly, you know, budget conscious. But to me, that sounds like she's not getting any say in what she's wearing. It's almost like she's that little child again, you know? Um, and so my advice is always to, once you've done a little bit of that style unpacking, I, I just feel it's vitally important to have a, just a few items that you really love that fit your body, mm-hmm. right? And so you get guidance from your inspiration to know what it is that you might want to wear. And there's going to be some experimentation in there um, because some things you'll think you like and then you try them on and you're like, whoa, not, don't like this. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it's really important for her to give herself permission to buy some new clothes, even if her body continues to change because I fully believe like you cannot, it's, it's so, it's so treacherous going through body image change and changes in your body. Like you already feel destabilized. You already feel vulnerable. You already feel very, uh, you know, maybe not at ease with where your body is. Putting clothes on this new body is one, again, tangible thing that you can do that will actually make you feel better. Like it will immediately make it feel better. And again, you know, shopping is is very hard. Not That's a whole other question. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. this is an easy process, but I wonder if she is not giving herself the permission mm-hmm. to actually spend a little bit of clothes. Of course, I don't know her financial mm-hmm. situation. And for some people there, you know, that can be difficult. Although even if you're thrifting or even if you're getting hand-me-downs, you can still kind of pick and choose what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think even just naming that, Hey, what you're experiencing right now, maybe, um, maybe, uh, uh, what you experienced as a child and mm. people picked out the clothes for you. Like when you connected to that, I was like, Oh, that that's not something I connected to mm-hmm. initially. Cause, um, yeah, I just thought, Hey, me now this is great. Like that's, uh, a, a free sustainable way to kind yes. of help. But even if there's not an option to buy anything, like to even name, hey, one thing that may be making this hard and feel like you're losing your sense of style is because you're not, not given choosing. any choice. Yeah. yeah. yeah and um, that in itself, I think, could be like 50% of it, you know, just even naming what's happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something that you've done on TikTok before, I think it was kind of recent. Um, you talked about like having the Pinterest boards to inspire and instead of buying new clothes, looking in your closet and being able to like figure out a way to make it look like those. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder if that'll happen for you, Rachel, um, mm. or if you're thrifting or something, you already have the boards uh, right. made, you know, it'll be fresher in your brain to be able to pull like 
I don't know, a button down or something. It's like mm-hmm. something that you may have um, been inspired by and find something similar. Or again, yeah, be able to, to style the things that you do have. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that inspiration piece is so important because people just want to jump in mm-hmm. and start buying stuff. And I really think you have to like give it some thought, process it a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, let that sink in. Um, and then, you know, just the other little piece of practical advice here is like make a shopping list from Mm -hmm. what's on your Pinterest board. If you don't know where to start, you know, like look at your Pinterest board and those images that you've collected and see like, are they all, yeah, are they all outfits with jeans and button downs? Are they all outfits with really flowing bohemian dresses? Like what's Mm -hmm. on there? And then put that on your list. So when you go into a thrift store, when you go somewhere that's overwhelming to shop, you know exactly what you're looking for. Like if you're looking for a bohemian dress, you are going to avoid all the tailored pants. You know what I mean? Yes. And there's a whole section. Yeah. Exactly. It just narrows your options, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Something that's tricky too about body changes, um, that is just part of like how our brain works is like our brain often will think about our body from a couple of years ago as that that's the reality and not in any kind of like stigmatizing way. It's just like, that's how it's grounded. Yeah. And so it, when our body's going through changes and there's times in our life where it just is going to do that um, many times throughout life it can be like destabilizing. And so I'm picturing uh, Rachel or anyone who's experiencing something similar, also dressing in a way that's like not the clothes that you picked out, how that just really would further um, just keep you from being grounded. Um, And then also like how the world reacts to your body changing um, Mm -hmm. can even be just, yeah, more stigmatizing, microaggressions, macroaggressions, Mm -hmm. um, all those things. And um, I want to like take it a step further, like about trying some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations for someone? I guess this could be really for anyone, whether their body is changing or not, but like mm-hmm. how to like try on clothes or like any like oh, God, yeah. tips that you're like, okay, when you're at a store, pick this mount. Or if you're ordering online, do you have anything in particular that comes to mind? Oh yeah. I mean, I, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I do an hour of this with every client, okay. so a full hour on how to try and close. Um, well, that's so, good. First of all, just even naming that, like there's lots of options and things that you can experiment with to like help making trying on clothes less painful. Cause oh, that yeah. is a, that keeps people from even just trying as yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, first of all, unless you're shopping maybe secondhand, I almost would advise not to shop in person. Um, and, you know, unfortunately this is something that has been a really negative experience for people in body sizes that aren't carried in mainstream stores. Like they feel very left out and excluded. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do understand that at the same time, uh, you just have a wider variety of options online. And not only that, for me, it just is safer to try and close at home. It just feels much safer to most people. So, um, So again, I'm just going to speak to like if you're ordering new clothes online for a minute here and and we can talk more about secondhand. But, you know, I always advise people try to neutralize their measurements from having any moral value. That's very hard to to do, I understand. Mm -hmm. But using your own measurements is a really important tool and trying to find clothes that fit. Um, And even still, um, 
And you can, you know, if this is very triggering for you, can you can have a partner do it and not tell you the numbers and then have them look at the size charts online and kind of maybe even place the orders for you. Um, you can have a partner help you when the clothes arrive so that, you know, maybe you put um, painter's tape or something over the tags um, mm-hmm. while you're trying on. So, um, so those are a couple of little things, but but generally, even if you kind of know your ballpark size in any brand and any retailer, we know they're going to vary not only from retailer to retailer, but from item to item within one store. Yes, 100%. Like it's, nothing is standardized. And again, that's a whole other rant that we could talk about for an hour. But um, I will get a ballpark idea from the size chart. And then I'm always going to recommend people order two sizes because the worst thing in the world is when you order one thing, yes. it comes, it doesn't fit, you feel defeated, you don't want to start the process over again. So mm-hmm. if you order two sizes, you at least have kind of two options to try. And uh, I wish it wasn't this way, but we're all kind of conditioned to think uh, a bigger size is worse and a smaller sm- size is better. And so if you, when you're trying on, try on the bigger size first, mm-hmm. because unfortunately the way we've been conditioned is that if you try on the smaller size first, and then you have to go up in size, you feel bad. Mm-hmm. So start with the bigger size. And if you have to go down in size, okay, whatever. Um, And then I'm going to always recommend that you order, you know, if you're placing an order from one store, kind of throw whatever you want in that cart um, because you are paying one shipping fee, you're going to pay one return fee. And you just like the, the assumption with my clients that I try to prepare them for is that you will be returning things regardless. Like it is, you might have heard me talk about this on social media, but the average rate of return for my clients across the board is 90%. So that means if you try on 10 items, if you keep one, that's normal. That's average. Mm -hmm. I think so many people are really, again, defeated when they try on things from online and, and not everything works, but yeah. You know, it's we're playing the fit lottery is what I call it. So like, there's no way to know whether these things are going to fit. We're going to assume they won't. That's just mm-hmm. the expectation we're going to go in with. Uh, so yeah, so then, you know, you maybe have ordered a few items. You've maybe ordered from a couple of stores. I recommend waiting until all the shipments have arrived because trying on is emotionally draining. It's physically yes. draining. Yeah. Um, and so you don't want to just like be trying on one item as it arrives. And then the next day, try on two items because you're going through that emotional process every time. So I like to wait until most things have arrived. And then I want people to intentionally schedule some time knowing that they need to be emotionally resourced and that they'll need recovery time. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Because trying, you know, I, and I, I think that's another thing too, where we've been kind of conditioned to think like, oh, trying on clothes is fun. Let's do this. Mm, it's like a, it a should fun be, girl thing. Right. Yeah. yeah but it's should. really not. And <laughs> yeah. again, you're very average and normal if it's not fun mm, for you. Right. Um, and so at home, you get to create your space with your temperature controls, your mirror, your, you know, water on hand or snacks or whatever you need to have. Dressing rooms are just, you know, it's so vulnerable. I mean, you're you're already in this vulnerable place and then you got somebody knocking on your door. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can get hot in there. Um, so yeah, those are a few. Just I love those. Those are great. Quick. Yeah, <laughs> those are really great because uh, I was well, the way that you're describing that is um, ordering clothes is basically just use it. It's like a dressing room. Like it's, yes. it's, it's like if you were in the store and had a big stack and you mm-hmm. were going through them all. Um, yep. To think of it that way. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and watching your content that has normalized that for me of like, um, if I'm thinking it's one size, yeah, get a couple extra. Do you recommend like if you're guessing uh, size B, then getting mm-hmm. A and C or like, or like, do you recommend like uh, two sizes above or just somewhere in the middle? It, it depends on where okay. you fall. Okay. In some stores, um, I will try three sizes because I just don't have any experience with that store yeah. or, and their size chart isn't giving me enough information. But it, okay. for most people, their measurements are going to fall in, within the range of, of one size. And if they're a little bit at one edge of the range, mm-hmm. then that's the size I would say order. Like if you're towards okay. the higher measurement on that particular size, get the yeah. size up and, and okay. vice versa. Okay. Okay. That's super helpful. Um, okay. So Colleen is mm-hmm. the other fabulous person who um, I get to work with. And Colleen works in an office that mm-hmm. um, there's this expectation to to dress up and to like kind of look, quote, professional, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> cue the eye roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Colleen, as a higher weight woman, has already said she feels limited in where she mm-hmm. can shop. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I have Lane Bryant and New York and Company, but like, really, like, I don't have that many places. Yeah. And she also is like, well, she wants to move up. Like, she wants to do more in this yeah. kind of yeah. position. And she's been told, like, if she dresses a certain way, she'll be taken more seriously. And so she's like, I kind of feel conflicted because she's like, I want to advance, but I also want to stay safe and comfortable. Do you have any recommendations on how to navigate that? Yeah, I mean, this question is kind of at, it's just a real, it's a real problem. It's a real issue. I mean, the whole concept of professionalism is something that is uh, white supremacist and patriarchal. Yeah, I was going to say, what I I mean, the word professional is like, that's all I could it is how close yeah. can we dress to what a white man dresses like? Yes, yeah. 100%. from from a hundred years ago, even like yeah. how close can we get to that standard? So, it's it's an impossible task, and the more marginalized you are, mm-hmm. the more in danger you will be if you don't conform. Yeah, yeah. In that in that environment, um, and so what I always want to try to do is have those of us who are in straight size bodies who have old other privileges like being white or being, you know, adhering to some sort of ideal beauty standard. I think it is those people, and I'm including myself in that, it's our job to push the boundaries because someone like Colleen or someone in a more marginalized body will get punished if they try to push Mm -hmm. those boundaries. And that is heartbreaking to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, what should be happening here is that the people who work with her look at her work and the quality of her work and the quality of her character and judge her based on those things. Yeah, which are all fabulous. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I (laughs) I am a hundred percent sure of that. Yeah. And and unfortunately that's not the world we live in. And so she's in a very, very, very tough place. Like, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that. Um, And so I think this is a, a gray area that everyone has to navigate on their own based on, yeah, how much can she do to feel more comfortable in her clothes? And then at what point will that start to harm her, right? Mm -hmm. And how much does she have to conform in order to take care of herself financially or, you know, whatever? Um, But you did say something that I just want to touch on a little bit. Like, I am wondering, and and maybe you know this information or, or maybe she's already doing this, but, you know, we are getting 
it's not enough, but we are getting more options for uh, a, a variety of ranges of sizes, mostly online. So I'm wondering yeah. with the two stores you mentioned, I'm wondering if she's doing any shopping online. Um, yeah. Do you know, happen to know that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. and actually she even mentioned, she's like, there's a couple of thrift stores that are online that I love mm-hmm. that she's like, can you, can you mention? So is it okay oh. if I drop them here? Oh, please, and we'll please. also put them in the show notes too. Yeah. Okay. So, um, cause Colleen, Rachel, and all, we all love thrifting. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> it obviously went too. to us. <laughs> obviously from my latest content, you know that. Yes. So one is in Minneapolis um, mm-hmm. called Cake Plus Size. Yep. And Artemis Plus Size, which is in mm-hmm. Maine, Portland. Portland, Maine. Not Maine, mm-hmm. Portland. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and Colleen was like, I, she's like, I've been there. And she doesn't, she lives in the Southeast. So like. Oh, this, yeah. okay. uh, she has made a point to visit these stores just because oh, like how rare they are. And yeah. then also, um, yeah. yeah, so she has um, said really positive things about them. And then um, Rachel mentioned Curve Conscious, which um, is based in Philadelphia. Right. And um, it used to be a store, but I think it's now only online. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another one. Those, those are the three that they were like singing their praises about. So let's drop them there. <laughs> Yeah, there's the, also the um, Plus Bus, which okay. I know there's a Plus Bus Brooklyn, and I feel like there's maybe one in LA as well. Um, nice. But yeah. Um, yeah, so what would be the question here? We just want to talk no, about no where question. she can find. No, yeah. no, I think we just wanted to drop them. So that was just okay. the time to drop okay. them in there um, yeah. in case the listener's looking for places. And yeah, yeah like online, it sounds like for for you, Daisy, like online has allowed more options and more safety and yeah. more choices. I guess yeah. it's the same as options, but um, so that, yeah, like make sure yeah. to do that. And so um, I have a, a selfish question for me. Yeah. Um, and I think this, these are the things that I, when I watch your content, I'm like, oh, I want to ask about this. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm almost 49 uh, um, and <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm experiencing like my own kind of style shift. And some of it has to do just it's like uh different season of life. Like I'm going through a divorce and I'm dating. And so clothes, like shopping for clothes, I'm like, what would I wear on a date? Oh my gosh. Like this is just a new thing for me, which has mm-hmm. been really fun. Um mm-hmm. and I I love trying out new styles. Mm-hmm. I haven't been someone to make a Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that may be something after talking today that I want to do because I'm mm-hmm. thinking of of ideas. Um, so I think I need to like figure out how to get back into my Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you have any thrifting strategies? Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned some already, like look at your board and make a list of what you need. Mm-hmm. But I think what I'm curious about, because um, I definitely like when I try and close, it, I, I like certain fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, yeah, like just, where it falls, how it falls. Mm-hmm. Is there anything then particular that you'd say like, look for this or avoid something? Mm-hmm. Does anything come to mind for you? Yeah. Well, I am, as I just said, I'm an avid thrifter and have been for, let's see, what, 35 years now, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, so yes. I mean, the first thing is really starting with some idea of what you're looking for mm-hmm. and what are never buys for you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what are the things that you're never going to 
by. Like for me, it might be uh, one thing I never wear is, is sheer tops. Like I just don't mm-hmm. like the feeling of having to have too many layers underneath it. Like it just gets twitchy and like, mm-hmm. you know, so I just don't buy sheer tops anymore. I don't buy skirts anymore. Like that's just, they're too hard to style. What top do you put with them? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, anything you can do with thrifting for, for people who are overwhelmed to start thrifting, it's because there are so many choices. There's so many options. And so the more you can kind of like have the strict, idea of what you're looking for, the more you can skim past and just black out the noise of the stuff that doesn't fit what you're looking for. Um, I think thrifting is amazing for trying new styles, you know what I mean? And experimenting. Um, and I will often do that. And I, I don't know if I should, I don't, I just don't feel bad about it. Like Mm. I don't feel bad if I am interested in trying something and I get it home, you know, and it was, three or five or six dollars or whatever and I get it home and and wash it and put it on and decide like eh, this isn't really what mm-hmm. I thought it would be because then I just donate right back like exactly so. there's there's an abs- aspect of that that can go too far which I I used to do I really honestly used to buy too much at the thrift store and then I was in this constant cycle of buy try once don't eat. And that just got to be a hassle, honestly. And so then I became much more picky about what I thrift, but, but I have no problem if like, you know, it, it, to me, it's just like, well, I tried it and putting it back in the circular economy, I might be at mm-hmm. $6, but you know, I, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. So I think um, for you, it's kind of, you know, and something else I always have my clients think about whether for thrifting or not is, is just really, like you said, like, what kind of fabrics do you like? Like, what kind of cut do you like? Um, and then it's pretty easy. Like, I I am, I have trained myself to just, if there's a row of tops, you know, on a rack, uh, I can, like, just skim by and look at them as if they're book covers. Like, if you're yes, walking in a bookstore. Yes. yes. And so, like, for me, for a long time, I was looking for linen. And linen's pretty rare to show up in thrift stores. So I could just walk along the line and look, just even on a hanger, I could just tell from the shoulder whether something was a fabric that I wanted to try. Or maybe you're looking to experiment with different colors or with more neutrals or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Again, you can kind of skim along and be like, oh, there's the color that I'm looking for. Um, right now, I think I, I just posted the other day that I'm like... I'm a very neutral mm-hmm. wardrobe kind of person, but I am just for fun wanting to experiment with color in my like active wear. Um, I'm kind of inspired. Cool experiment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm inspired by this woman uh, who, who is at the, the classes that I take and she's um, an older woman and she always wears these fun color combos and she always has eye, eyeglass frames to match. Like she has like a, wow. a wardrobe of, of eyeglass frames. And that's so fun. So anyway, so what I've done is I've created a little Pinterest board of the color combos I've, I like. And mm-hmm. then now when I go to the thrift stores, that's what I'm focused on. I'm like, oh, can I find like a forest green or can I find like a, you know, a tomato red, you know, those kind of things. So um, I don't know. Are those helpful? That's really helpful. Yeah. And yeah. I think um, I've done the similar thing, like the book covers and I, what I, my brain has thought about is like, am I missing something because I'm just skimming? Mm-hmm. But it sounds like, no, that's probably helping me not get so overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. So Julie, it's so funny. And I don't think I've ever admitted this to anyone else, but <laughs> bring it. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's going to sound so silly, but I, I truly believe <laughs> that if I go into a thrift store and there's something there meant for me, it's going to find me. No, no, no. I, because there's some days 
where it's on. You can mm-hmm. just tell there's things mm-hmm. and that you're 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 connecting with that you're finding mm-hmm. that are like meant for you. Yeah. Um and the, I don't think I've ever told anybody this. We'll just completely share new mm-hmm. things. Um when my ex and I were we had already decided that we were going to separate but we didn't mm-hmm. tell anyone yet. Like we were waiting to tell the kids after school mm-hmm. was out. So I had a good like six months to just mm-hmm. wait. And mm-hmm. what I did was every week I would go to the thrift store at the end of the week and I would just look for something. I love I love the thrift store, like just looking experience. Like I yeah. love doing that kind of stuff anyway. Yeah. And um, I found myself really looking for not as much clothes, but like um, trinkets and uh handmade pottery I don't know just like mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. in the the fragile section mm-hmm. um, and that became like I would walk in and be like what is here for me today like mm-hmm. there's something and it was like a dopamine hit mm-hmm. it was like it it helped me to get through that kind of like waiting period mm-hmm. and yeah I do think it was like the universe was like I have manifested this for you Julie to help you this week <laughs> yeah and now I have all these things over my house all over my house now that I collected yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that are like, look at what I got through. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I mean, there's, there's a little woo with it, but like what you, what your brain does when you go mm-hmm. thrifting, my brain does a similar thing. So like yeah. we're yeah. on the same page. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, if you missed something and then it wasn't meant for you. It wasn't meant for you. So. It wasn't meant for me. It was for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this has been really fun. And I um selfishly and just so glad that I finally got a chance to talk to you. That's the beauty of having a podcast and why I recommend everyone to have one because then you get to talk yeah, to totally. who you want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> but um, if someone is like, holy crap, I need a Daisy in my life, how can people find you and like, what does working with you look like? Mm, sure. So my my website is called mindfulcloset.com. Um, I have a Substack uh, called Unflattering. Oh, I love your Substack, by the way. <laughs> Thank <Love> you. <laughs> um, and then I'm on, on Instagram and TikTok at Mindful Closet. Um, mm-hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, there's two weeks to work with me. One is in my group program, which I run three or four times a year. Um, and that's an eight-week program. And we run through uh, how to define your style, um, a closet edit, how to edit your closet. with, And, and we do weekly meetings to like basically just like pump each other up and give advice and, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of support each other. Um, And then we do uh, like all my shopping tips and all my, you know, I call it like my shopping tutorial. Like I will take everyone through that as well. Um, And then we have some uh, class sessions, which are just for hot seats. So people can kind of get like a little Mm -hmm. one-on-one help in that way. And then when I work with clients one-on-one, we work through all those same topics but I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you. That's the basic mm-hmm. difference. Um, and when we work together one-on-one, I will do personal shopping for you. I will teach okay. you how I shop, but I will also be taking several hours to like scour the whole internet to find what it is that you need. Um, and then we, yeah, so we do defining your style session. We do a closet edit. We do a shopping tutorial. I shop for you. We do a try-on session. And then we have kind of an integration session where we kind of look at how far we've come. That sounds so like, oh, so nice. Like have a yeah. personal shopper and yeah. especially someone who has this, this like shared value system of, mm-hmm. um, hey, we know the patri- patriarchy is dictating so much of our rules. Let's mm-hmm. fucking break that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every bit of it is through that lens, you know? I love that. I love that. Well, thank you. Thank you for like showing up that way. And, and I know it's just showing up as you. So like, thank you for doing that. 
Um, and we'll put all of those things in the show notes, listeners. So um, thank you for sharing with us, you know, everything that you have going on and helping people just to feel a little bit more home in their body. Oh, thank you, Julia. This was also a treat for me to get to chat with you. So thanks so much for having me. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Daisy all about styling and thrifting, especially through uh, a lens that helps you to feel more at home in your body. Um, of course, Daisy and I chatted a little bit after we stopped recording and something that came up that we both were like, yeah, we want, we wish we would have named that. Just how, you know, we were talking about the joy of thrifting for the two of us and we're both straight sized neurotypical people who are safe going thrifting. So I know many of you have let me know how hard thrifting can be because of being differently abled or neurodivergent. Um, and also just how hard it can be to find uh, clothes that fit your body because you're not um, in a straight size body. So um, wanted to name that and um, so appreciate any feedback that you have. And I hope that Daisy's conversation, again, yeah, helps you to find more ways to find joy with clothes and feel okay in your body, however you are styling it. And also hope the links in the show notes help you to like put that into action. All right. So I look forward to checking in with you in two weeks. We will be doing an episode that is a listener question. If you have a question or a letter for me, I would love to have them. Send them over at info at juliedillonrd.com. All right. That's all for now. Until next time. Take care. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. Welcome. 
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.